Hello, everybody. How are you? This is Maddie. I'm a little under the weather today, so I have Kathleen Turner voice. So um, I was going to air a new podcast this week that I had in the bank, and I'm actually going to um, I'm actually re-airing a podcast that aired one of my first uh, podcasts with a friend who's an actress, uh, an actor, Sharon Pierre Louis, and I want to share this because. Um, She's from Haiti, and we talk a lot about her uh, being from Haiti and kind of a, a lot about the hi- history of Haiti. And I I feel like I just have to reshare this episode in lieu of what our president has said about this quote-unquote shithole country and how I disagree with what he says so much, and it's so not what I think most Americans think about other countries. Um so, and that's really why the point I'm, I'm sharing this. So if you listened to this before, um, I apologize. You can listen again. Maybe you can listen to this with new eyes or new ears. We listen with their ears, Matt. I'm sorry. I'm on cold medicine. But maybe you can listen to this with new ears because I think Sharon, just she said she's like an Oprah, just the insight that she has. And uh, I think that she is such a kind of beacon of, positivity and the way that she's lived her life is truly inspiring to me and I loved I re-listened to the whole thing and just I re-listened to it just to listen to it not planning to air it I just kind of wanted to re uh just in light of all this stuff that's what, what again what Trump said about Haiti and that's what inspired me just listening to her to re-air it so so I'm giving you a rerun. Sorry if you've listened to this before, but if you haven't, um, I'm really excited for you to hear my interview with actor Sharon P- Pierre-Louis. Okay. I'm doing little buttons, moving buttons, and moving buttons, and woohoo! All right, everybody. It's a podcast. Hello. Hey, everybody. I'm Matt Marr. And I'm with... Oh, I forgot. I always ask people how they want me to pronounce their name. I didn't ask. It's Sharon. It's Pierre... Pierre-Louis. Okay. I didn't know if it was Louis or Louis. Yes. Okay. Sharon Pierre-Louis. That is... That's French, right? Yeah, it's French. I mean, that was the dumbest question. That's French, <laughs> well, right? It's not, it's not Go ahead. Really, I'm going to move my microphone. It's up. not really too much of a dumb question because I'm, I'm actually Haitian. Oh, okay. From Haiti, and Pierre-Louis is a very common Haitian name, oh. but it is derived from our French slave masters. Can I be a... <laughs> oh, okay. I was about to be a dumb American. Yeah. And um, ask, was Haiti settled by the French people? Exactly. But apparently it was. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. And we were the very first, uh, like, uh, had the slave revolt that was successful and completely overtook the island and had them all running. And all that. Like, we literally overtook. We were like, no slavery here. And why? Really? Yeah, we're the only black nation that's ever done that. I'd... They don't teach us that shit in history class. 1804. Dude, 1804? Yes. Like that. And we still, like, almost and 80 years later. Yeah, and that's where the whole Creole uh, culture has come from as well. Because a lot of the people who ended up leaving Haiti after the slave revolt actually went and uh, settled in Louisiana. So... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
how far is like how long is a boat trip from Haiti to Louisiana? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. I mean, I know no one does a boat now, but then they well, my did. dad did back in the day. Oh, he did <laughs> from like, from Haiti to Florida. So, were you born in Haiti or born in? I was born in Florida. I was my uh, parents' first child born in America. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! 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 That's do you make good Creole food? Good Haitian food. Or Haitian food. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm learning so much. Yeah. I'm stupid. Yeah. Haitian food is, is rice and beans, rice and plantains, very much island food, close to Puerto Rican food, Cuban food. Oh, that's my favorite. Some of yeah. my favorites food. Oh, oh I would love Haitian food then. Oh, so good. I make some good tostones. Oh. I don't know if y'all have though. It's like where you take the plantain when it's green yes. and then you kind of mash it and then yes. fry it and then put garlic on it. We call those banan. B- what is banan banan mm-hmm. or banan free is like the fried of course it's, it's always fried but yeah oh wow yeah or the the first in spanish is platanos Pla- but, yeah mm-hmm, but for us it's banan yeah are people in haiti fat like american probably not because <laughs> they had a terrible earthquake and didn't yeah. have food i was actually in haiti in Ju- i was gonna bring that up because you yeah. went right yeah i did i did and i can't say i looked everywhere and saw overweight people so i did see a lot of poverty and uh, hunger, so it was a little bit different than that. But there are people who are a little bit more on the plumper side, and you know, you find all the all whole types. spectrum. But I definitely saw a lot of skinny people as well, and people Haitian who... men are hot. <laughs> I mean, they are. Oof. They're just all men are hot. Now, okay, I want to say one second. I want to get back to Haiti because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this later. But we know each other because we both took a Groundlings class for we years ago. Did. You're an actress. We're going to talk about your successful acting and all that. But I do. But we're on Haiti right now, and I want mm-hmm. to talk about. So you went to Haiti. You went, I, because I just want to speak a little bit about. You do a lot of volunteer work. I know that you recently like you had a birthday party that I wanted to go to that was for charity. I, I really was going to go, not just an LA thing, and then something actually came up, but I don't remember the thing now. Yeah. I should have. I should have researched that so I sound more legit. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. It actually is true. Um, but talk a little bit about. Well, first of all, so what did you go to Haiti for? Um, I went to Haiti because we have a friend of ours, uh, Lou Lewis, or Lou Louis, who, whose father actually built a school in Haiti. He was also a pastor. And mm-hmm. what ended up happening was that he, right after the earthquake, he passed away. So oh. it was like a double whammy. Um, oh, for them. For, yeah, for his family. And the community, probably. Uh, yeah, and for the community as well. And so the earthquake also affected the, the school, the physical building and oh. everything else. I met a girl when I was in Haiti who actually was at the school and had gotten trapped and had a concussion and she broke her leg, was just stuck, you know, um, in the rubble as well. And they got oh, wow. her out and all of that. But when that happened, um, the mother, his mother actually uh, started, uh, she took over the school, of course, because her husband passed. But a lot of people had issues with that because she is a woman and they were like a woman taking over a school. And so all of a sudden she had all of this stuff on her shoulders. So he lives out here. He goes back and forth from L.A. to Haiti to help his mother run this school. And um, we were all going to do something uh, called Build On and help to like build schools and, you know, different mm-hmm. places. They were actually actually going to Haiti to do it. And um, a friend of ours who went to uh, Haiti with Lou was like, hey, Lou's school needs help. Why don't we just do that instead? We actually know him. And... Um, Instead of building something new, let's have something that's already there and, you know, um, and help out there. So that's what we ended up doing. We ended up going to the school, uh, building a bathroom, 
a rebuilding a bathroom. We broke down the old one as like an outhouse that just was. Yeah, not, oh yeah, I remember seeing the pictures. Yeah, yeah. So doing that and then um, just stuff that was stuck and went down to the basement after the earthquake happened. Mm-hmm. We cleared those rooms so that people can have room for a teacher's lounge because the traffic in Haiti is just out of control. Oh, and really? so, oh yeah, like it, for twenty minutes to get someplace, it took about an hour and a half, almost two hours. And, um, and so some of the teachers will come late and be like, Hey, there's no teacher's lounge. Like, you know, I have to go get this. I have to go get that. I, I I can't just, you know, so it helps out to have the teachers have somewhere to stay, um, and between classes. And so, so yeah, so we went there just to like help out and also build something within the kids at the school as well. So, uh, we're not done. It's continuing on and we want to mm-hmm. make sure that it's not just like, hey, we came in, we did something and now we're gone. We want to uh, also build scholarships for these kids, um, the ones who graduate to then go on to college. A lot of them graduate and then it's like, what now? I have no money. So they end up mm. not even continuing their education. So from the infrastructure of the buildings to these kids' minds to actually having tangible uh, ways of connecting them mm-hmm. to then have more resources, you know, after school. That's what we're all about. Wow. And so I'm assuming ha- Haiti's a pretty misogynist country being that it's... I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it depends who you're talking to and and the religion aspect and all of that that goes into it, but... Is it I'm, deeply religious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. One thing that I did Is it Christian, I'm assuming? Yeah. It's like a lot of Catholicism, Christian, oh. Yeah. I do remember, <clears throat> like, just this is in Port au Prince specifically. This mm-hmm. is where the capital was, where the mm-hmm. earthquake happened. And just on the buses, everything Jesus on the walls, everything. So there's a lot of religion, just visually speaking, just mm-hmm. walking down the street. So uh, that's definitely a part of the culture. What, um, how long were you there for? I was there for about a week and a half. Okay. Okay, so is there like a website or something people could go to if they're yeah. interested? I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, we have Project Elevate, and it's actually E-L-E-V and the number eight dot okay. com. Okay, like that show that's on Netflix right now. Which show? It's called, um, oh crap, it's the one, the Wyckowski mm-hmm. brothers, well not brothers anymore, because one's trans. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't remember, it's called like, it's called Sensate. With an eight? Yes. Ah. It is. It's supposed to be a great show. It's like supposed to be a very diverse. It's on Netflix. Super diverse. Hmm. It's like eight people that find out they're connected because they can feel what the other person's feeling. And they, oh, live, all around, they live all around the globe. So like they have, have a trans character and they have a gay character. But they also have like people are saying like it's a big deal that they have someone who is an Asian female, like an actual lead and not mm-hmm. like – the diversity is astounding I on that show. That. I know. So I want to watch it just because it seems to be doing all the things I want to see in TV. Yeah. Um, I love the connection aspect too. Yeah, that, that we're said. all connected. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's, and, but it's because of the people that did The Matrix. So it's got like that kind of Ooh. like weird. Yeah. I think it's a white cop. That's not their name. Is it? I don't remember. I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> and so is that what for your birthday the money went for? Yes. Okay. For okay, Project okay. Elevate. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give money to that. So I, re- I kind of want to go. Well, like, we're, the next time, when are you going again? Well, we actually have a meeting October the 1st because we're still closing a lot of things. Like, I think we also uh, have like light bulbs that were flown out, but then it has to go through customs. And once mm-hmm. it goes through customs, then the pricing with all of that. And so we are waiting to just make sure to tie all the loose ends. And then mm-hmm. we're having our meeting. And then from there, we're actually opening up. 
possibly to other people who want to get involved and physically go. So it's just a matter of, you know, how we're going to just plan it all out. So stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. What is, uh, well, I'll talk a little bit more, but uh, what is Haiti like right now? Like I'm still imagine it, imagining it, that it's a lot of it's still in ruins and just, or is it for the most part built up or are roads working? Now? I mean, I know it's been years, but I know that, I mean, good grief. Katrina happened, and there's still parts of New Orleans mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. look like disaster zones. Yeah, it it definitely still needs a lot of just construction. You know, mm-hmm. like there there's trash everywhere. To me, that's the biggest thing that affected me mm. was the amount of trash that was just everywhere. Wow! And there was even this little boy who I saw. Um, we were heading somewhere and we were, you know, just stopped for a little bit. We we're outside the car and, you know, the kids were so cute. They came over, we were having fun. And then he had this like dirty glove in his hand. And I was like, oh, what are you going to do with that glove? You know, like he was like a toy. And so, but it was like super dirty. So I was like, go wash your hands and throw the glove away. And he just took the glove and he threw it on the floor outside, just threw it on the, on the ground. And for me, it just, I have this thing about littering, but I, it just took me aback for a second. And I looked at him and I said, you know, it's important to take, trash from the ground and actually put it into a trash bin instead of out on the street. But me saying that I realize like so many adults out there, like you just see it sounds your... ridiculous to him. Exactly. Like, I mean the way of life literally is like it would say, you, say you go through a, you, every time you go through a front door, you walk through backwards on your hands. Yeah. You'd be like, why would you do that? Exactly. It's like, well, everybody else, it's so normal here. Just like, just literally look around, you know, there's trash everywhere. So I had it be like a moment with the kids of just how important it is to take care of where you're living because It's almost like even your own body. You know, you don't trash your own body. You don't trash your environment. And um, they seem to listen. And we also had a game at the school with the kids where you we all lined up um, and had teams. And then you had like a team captain who held a trash bag and you just ran, grabbed a piece of trash, throw it in the trash uh, trash bag, run back to your team, slap hands. And the next person goes, picks up the trash. It was this whole race because we don't want to come off preachy. We don't want to come off like these are kids. And Mm -hmm. honestly, it's through the youth that we're able to then make some great changes sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we want it to be something that's fun, something that's just like, oh, you know, let's also get physical and, and exercise and, um, not just sit and be lectured to. So that was another effective way of, of, Having opening up dialogue and and um, That's, our eyes to just picking up little trash. things, but mm-hmm. somebody's going to remember that game when they're yeah, twenty, yeah, or when, maybe when they have their own children. Yeah, I would imagine too. I mean, is is the island crowded? Because there's just not a lot of room. Well, in Port-au-Prince, yes. I mean, it is it is super duper crowded from cars to people just out on the street. I mean, many people were just on the street. Wow. Sorry for all my questions. Obviously, I need to travel more. Sorry. (laughs) I'm from Oklahoma, and I've been been to California and Branson. No, it's all good. It's just something that it it just truly touched my heart because a lot of people will just have like a rag in their hands and ready to clean your window because you're just literally sitting in traffic anyway. So might as well, you know, make a good. That's what we call like make Mm -hmm. a buck, you know, and do what you can sell waters while, you know, while people are in traffic, like just so much is happening while you're in traffic. Wow. Maybe we and- <laughs> should do that in LA. Maybe we should do that in LA. I know people that's just like right outside your window. But I honestly, after that experience, I'm like LA traffic is nothing. Like it is. I mean, I'm just, I'm I actually so think LA traffic's better than like places I've been like Houston or Dallas. Oh. oh, they're terrible. Cause they're not, they weren't designed for this. Yeah. And that's probably the way the traffic was. It wasn't designed. Yeah. 
I'm sure it's probably smaller streets and yeah. I mean, there's not really, I mean, yeah, there are stoplights, there's stuff, you know, it just depends. Like you just kind of get in, you know, you're like, Oh, I got to get in. I got to get in. So do you make a point to try to like live wherever you need to be and try to stay in an area? No, it's okay to travel. I mean, there are places you can travel outside of that and it's totally fine. Like we also went to places where it just took my breath away. The beauty of Haiti. I mean, on top of the mountains, some of the homes, even we went to this castle and just breathtaking there's so much beauty and richness in that island that is beyond me and also the people in their heart and um there was also just things that just stunned me with with just how beautiful they were wow mm-hmm. and the food's amazing and all that oh, yeah that is amazing. <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's what what kind of drinks do they drink there is it like rum like most places in- yeah we definitely have rum um oh there was this kind of beer i'm not much of a beer drinker but mm-hmm. we went out one night and oh i forgot the name of this haitian beer but it was just so does good. it feel like home to you you know because it's yeah. not it's not you weren't born there but no. your family's from there mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like it did it's feel a- like home it's so I, there was a very weird i still have not put my, like a, a word to it, but there, there's this feeling of home that was there. I actually don't really know how to swim, but we went mm-hmm. to the beach and I remember I pretty much learned how to be, uh, learn on how to swim on, uh, the waters of Haiti, which was amazing. And mm. at one point I was just floating and I just had this feeling like a very uh it feels very whole my being there and also with the Mm. kids they were asking me like do you know you are you haitian and i was like yeah like i'm speaking creole and you know and they were like wow that's cool we like that like we're happy you're haitian and Mm. and all of that and it was also important for us our friends to see um some of them are white you know black and blah blah blah, for all of us to be equals going in together versus like the white man coming in to help Mm. or whatever it is that's probably what they had a lot they had a like a like probably affluent white people coming with like their church and like mm-hmm. from New York Missionary city work. or whatever. And like really, uh, which is wonderful that mm-hmm. people do that, but also to people go in there with an agenda a lot of times. And so, and it's, again, it's just, that's wonderful. I'm sure yeah. that that was just very, um, Oh, I'm for them to see that. Oh, I could do that. Absolutely. That Sharon is doing that. She's going away, but she's coming back. She's helping the community. It's not just white people that come help us. We actually give back to our community. Absolutely. I think it's also very important for little black children, little black girls, little black boys to literally see someone who looks like them in a place of where they are equal in the world, where they are, oh, I mean, it's the same. you know, it's that. why we do brave trails. Why we wanted that for queer kids to feel mm, the same thing. Exactly. So, yeah. And I know that like, um, uh, my boyfriend talks about how like he was more on like the nerdy side and more, I never thought about this. He was really more into nerdy and like, even like robots and stuff like that. He's like, but I didn't do it. I played basketball because that's what all the other black kids did. Oh yeah. That and this was, was in America, you yeah. know, this was in, in the South. And he said, I didn't see anybody. And I thought it made me be thank, so thankful for like Neil deGrasse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say his life, but I love like, I'm like, Oh, he is the first person, like first black person I've ever seen talk about the stars and space and things like that. How mm-hmm. wonderful it is to see that. It's so important. It's the same. It's funny. You mentioned that because that was me with opera singing. Oh, yeah, I yeah, make yeah, yeah. sure to just, Oh yeah, you know. we're both opera singers. I oh, forgot yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about that. We talked about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, like it was it's something that I I definitely knew, okay, that's not the cool thing to do for me to, you know, that's not like on the radio. It's not hip hop. It's not and it took me a while to find my voice 
within opera. Within Who was like the first singing. singer that you really like felt like connected to? Oh, um, um, um. Was it like? Because I'm thinking of there's the, Kathleen uh, Battle, there's Leotine. 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 Yes. I love oh Leotine Price. Oh my god, the power. The power of her voice. She's oh my like, god, and she's beautiful. She takes that stage. She owns it, yeah. and her voice is her and, just Jesse Norman too, right? Is Jesse Norman right? What mm-hmm. What is the name? There's another African-American, whatever, but Lee Team Bryce. There, but there, yeah, yeah. She was like, I think she was really like the first. I think so too. So, yeah. and then Kathleen Battle was wonderful, but then mm-hmm. she's kind of angry a lot. <laughs> and so people don't work with her now. Well, I lot. wonder why sometimes. What, I mean, around what era was she? <laughs> she just gives, she is, she is a diva. Like she, uh, that, and I know friends um, that are still opera singers that have worked with her. Like I know firsthand, she's just not. But mm-hmm. Lee and Jean Price was wonderful. We're going to focus yes, on her. Yes, 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 so yes. So where did you study music? So you grew up in Florida. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, Florida. Yeah, you grew up in Florida. Where in Florida? Uh, like West Palm Beach, really Lantana, Florida, if anybody knows where that is. But uh-huh. that's just south of West Palm Beach. Okay. And so then you went to high school and then you went to your undergrad where? Uh, I went to, I have to shout it out, Dreyfus School of the Arts because I went to an art school. And oh, then, okay. Uh, from seventh grade through twelfth grade, then I went to Florida State University. Oh, FSU. That's yeah. it. My voice teacher was from FSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. acting. But yeah, I always focused. First, it was musical theater, uh-huh. and that was like middle school, high school, and then from there, I went into um, just straight acting. And did you study opera just on the side as well at school? I just or? took like voice lessons. You oh. know, I just took voice lessons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at you. Which I thought of that when I started doing my master's in performance, I went, why don't I just take dance class and voice yes. lessons? Because that's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than, yes. than this private school. It's going to be 60 grand for like a year. Wow. I that's like, exactly no. why I did that. Because I had friends from my middle school, high school, arts you know, uh, school where they took voice lessons and it cost that much amount of money, you know, an hour. And I just could not afford it. My parents could not afford it. And they took like ballet lessons and this and that. And I just, I remember asking my father, Hey, can you help me out to pay for this? He's like, who's going to pay for it? No, I can't. Then I was like, well, if I find a way to pay for it, can I get a ride? And he's like, who's going to drive you there? You know? So I didn't really have as much access. When I went to college, I was like, I'm taking my dance classes. I'm taking my voice lessons. And, um, I got scholarships, you know, I was, yeah. So well, you're I, also ridiculously smart. <laughs> Are you a Mensa? Because you're that smart. My, you said a Mensa. Are you in Mensa? No. It's like some what good. It's like a stupid smart people organization. That's so funny. It's like it, it. It literally is a club. It's not a stupid. It's a smart smart Look people you. organization. Look at you judging. I am a little judgy because <laughs> I can't be in that. There's no way. My friend though said that in Spanish, like a slang in Spanish, if you say like tu Mensa, it means like oh you're stupid. And I was like, that's oh. funny. That. Maybe I'm wrong. So I have he's a gonna friend whose last like, name is Mensa. That's really. I oh, wonder if he ins- knows that. That's yeah, not go- I'm probably wrong. I'm from Oklahoma, and I'm very white. <laughs> so, um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about your career right now, which is mm-hmm. kind of. It's oh. kind of that's my bomb noise. Everybody, it's happening? blowing up. It's blowing up. <laughs> so like, so I met you in the Groundlings. Had you been on it? So you're on ABC Family, and you're on. No, not. I was going to say the Fosters. You're not on the Fosters. You're on. Um, not step by. I just went blank on the name of the show. <laughs> step by step. Step by step. You're not on step by step. I'm 57. <laughs> No, I'm not. Um, 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 switched at birth. Switched at birth. Yes. Thank you. I was, gonna, I was thinking of an S. Sorry. I've even like watched. I really have. I've gone and like watched your episodes. Um, not all of them, but yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, So I should know this. My friend Allie Velez loves that. She probably knows you. If she was here, she'd probably be a fan and you like Aww. totally fan. And she, and she, um, uh, she, um, Got her in college. Her second language was sign. So she would just sit oh, and talk American to you. Oh, American Sign Language. 
language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, so which that I want to, you just are so interesting. You have so many things <laughs> I want to talk about. Sorry, everybody. I'm going off on tangents. So yeah, it's fine. We got time. So, um, so tell a little bit, was this like your first, you're a recurring character on that mm-hmm, show, mm-hmm. but you're recurring quite a bit. I feel like you're always taping. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, right now we're waiting to hear about the fifth season. We're on hiatus right now, so it's just were ratings of, good for fourth season? Though? Uh, for four ch- seasons. I mean, were you, were your ratings good last season? I People think talk so. about that show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pioneering show for the deaf. Community. It's a great show. Yeah, like the episodes I've seen, I'm like, it's just I relate to it. I yeah. feel like that's an important thing to making. And I'm a gay white guy who can see, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Who, it, it would be like. I think it's just important for people to relate because people always say, oh, Matt, you love talk shows. Did you like see a gay guy on a talk show and really related to it? I'm like, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. But also like I'll never forget like one like um, – uh, I forget her name. But she was like the, uh, a super tall black woman who was on Oprah and was talking about like how she bought – like a pair of shoes at Oprah's like garage sale that that was a charity thing. And she bought those shoes and she would stand in those shoes every night wow. telling herself that she could be greater than she, than she thought. Wow. And then she's like, and now I don't need those shoes anymore. And that wow. was a great, that woman made, made such a difference on me. Cause I went, Oh, that's, that's the way I can, I can use hope. Hope isn't something I just have to have. I can borrow somebody else's hope for oh me. Oh my gosh. Yes. Love for me and use that until I can grow my own. Yes. So it's, it's what I love it. But anyway, cut to mm-hmm. with you just with I relate to the show. I relate to the characters. I see myself in them and you wouldn't think that you see yourself in a character. So mm-hmm. I love it. And you've been two seasons now, right? No, this is actually my first season, but they cut it in two. So it kind of feels like two. That's probably That's why. why. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do Facebook stalk you. Because I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was two. So yeah. this was like, and is this your first, is this probably like your, um, uh, most con- I want to say consistent because I feel like as actors we're used mm. to doing this here. This here has this been yeah. like your most kind of prestigious consistent gig. I can't. You know what? No, I also did a series regular on The Lion Game, which was also on ABC Family. Oh. And it's an interesting story because I remember we had The Lion Game, and then um, so we you know I booked it, and then we shot the pilot, and mm-hmm. then I found out that one of the leading um, series regulars on our show was also a series regular on another show. Oh. And we're like, oh, which show? Oh, it's, it's uh, Switched at Birth. And I was like, what's that about? And they're like, oh, it's like with the deaf community. And I was like, shut up. Because you know sign language. Yeah, my brother's deaf and I know sign. Oh, and I did. so, yeah. So, like, I was like, I want to get on that show. But then I was on another show and it shot in Texas. Oh. So I was there shooting that for a while. And then once that was done, I was like, I want to get on Switch to Birth. And I also watched all the episodes because it's a good show. It's a really good show. It and I, of course, I wanted to be like, okay, the, I, like, it's not just one deaf character and they're like, all right, we're done. You know, it's just a few deaf characters and going deep into their experience, mm-hmm. the deaf experience and how people are affected, how the family's affected, who's hearing. And so, I mean, I cried almost every single episode. I was, cause you related oh, so much to I it. I related so much to it and it was so well done that I, I just, I mean, it just, I just had to be on it. <laughs> so, so yeah, that and there's yeah. probably helpful too. There's not a lot of people. That, I mean, you're in a small pool. Yeah. <laughs> you're a very beautiful black actress who knows sign. You know what I mean? Like you've mm-hmm. got, you're just like, it's, I need to learn sign language. I'd get on, I'd get on that show. <laughs> Maybe. I probably wouldn't. I'm not that good of an actor. You're a good actor. Oh, you're so no, sweet. I know. You're really good. I looked at your demo reel. Um, 
and you know who you're really good at? You're so sweet and like heartfelt and genuine. And I love that you and I will talk about like, we can talk about meditation and like you and I just go there. You're such a good bitch. <laughs> you are such a good bitch. There's oh. a, a, a cut for the way you were like standing by a locker and you were like, you were like the mean girl with all your friends. Yeah. And I was like, you're, you're so good at it. I made me like, want to suck see you on a show just being a bitch yeah i used to fantasize playing bitchy roles since i was like 12 years old 13 especially when i was 14 like i am i do just i love a lot i just love loving but, yeah you're so loving but there's something about you know what it is i i've found out about playing the bitch is that to stand in something and to just speak it so strongly you know and Mm -hmm. not care about what other people think and so there is an aspect to it that can be empowering Mm -hmm. although the way you use it could be to destroy or to create something amazing so Mm -hmm. but it it has been a lot of fun to be able to just go to that darker side and then Mm -hmm. because i feel like we have to channel things outside you know like we Mm -hmm. can't just be one thing we're not just one thing and to be able to um have different experiences and different emotions moving through our bodies, energy and motion. It's mm-hmm. important to somehow channel it into something that's creative or deal with it, but mm-hmm. not act like mm-hmm. it's not there. And for me, when it comes to acting and being the bitch or also just even if I've gone to an audition and it's a very um, emotional scene or whatever, when it's done, there is a cathartic feel that comes from it. So, mm. so I definitely enjoy that kind of, that kind of fun play work as well y'all you're good at it you're you're good at it that's what i'm saying um i could talk to you for okay i talked to you about your own channel i talked about your amazing acting i talked about we talked a little bit about your saying is there anything like you're just you're just a a chasm of just interesting things so i guess we'll talk about questions so we'll go there all right all right so chatty manny first this is a long question so Mm -hmm. um Bear with me, listeners. This is from Denny, age 34. Uh, Dear Maddie, I really like your show. Thank you, Denny. A friend recommended it to me, and it has definitely changed my perspective about the LGBT community and really helped me feel more comfortable with people that are not like me. Thanks so much. That's great, Denny. That's wonderful. Um, So anyway, here's my question. I'm a 32-year-old Mormon who is single. I know... Uh, I know it's like oh let me start that again he said I'm a 32 year old Mormon who is single I know it's like the 40 year old virgin movie I dated a few girls and I find it difficult I moved from Utah when I was in high school now I'm in Florida about an hour outside of Miami I don't find a lot of quality girls in my community I'm assuming he means Mormon community Um, I've been through the circuit of the singles list and there has been no one I've connected with and if I'm honest I live in Florida and I found I'm continually attracted to women who are Cuban and most of them are Catholic. I've never considered dating outside of my religion, but I'm starting to wonder if I should. I don't want to be a 40 year old new father. Thanks, Denny. <laughs> um, Denny, you're going through you know, there. First of all, I didn't know this until I, I, at my day job, um, I met people that were, uh, it was either they hired either gays or Mormons to be the administrative people. Interesting. That, it was, it made for a, an interesting Prop eight living situation here in California. But anyway, um, I didn't know that like Mormons set you up. I don't know if you know anything about the Mormon church. I have a girlfriend of mine who is uh, a girl space friend of mine who is a les- who's a lesbian and she grew up in the Mormon church and she's had some serious But they have like singles, like they have yeah. singles. Da- they're like, let's get you married and have babies yeah, with other Mormons. It's a big well. thing. Yeah. So 
I don't know if Denny's like gone through the ringer here, like mm. a really trying to be. I don't know. I, I, I or I do know. I think, I, I, I think like, um, I don't know if there's a large population of the Mormon community in Florida. I don't know, I don't know about that either. But what I will say, just from my own experience, mm-hmm. is that I have I've had two relationships that literally expanded and blew my mind when it came to religion and spirituality. And Mm. it was scary um, because I dated someone. I remember one of them was like, I'm agnostic or you can. I'm assuming, did you grow up Catholic? No, I grew up up Christian Baptist. Oh, okay. Ooh, Baptist. Yeah, Baptist. Mm -mm. Haitian Baptist. You stick with your own when you're Baptist. (laughs) Yeah. If I can get a good Haitian Christian man, you know, (laughs) you're like, woo. And then those like numbers go down. Once you go out to LA, I mean, how many Haitian men are out here? I mean, I have a few that who are my friends, but, um, it's not like we're we're just having so many Haitian men yeah, around exactly. here. Um, but yeah, and so like having a relationship with somebody who had such different a different background, a different mm-hmm. way of thinking, completely had me go you deeper. You said he was agnostic? He was agnostic, uh, borderline which, atheist, but then he was like, No, there is something, which, it's just we can't figure it out. So fine. So the difference of ag- agnostic is they don't believe in anything. No, atheist is they don't believe in anything. Agnostic is there. There may be something. I'm not saying there is or isn't. There may be, but there's oh. no way of really knowing. Like you can't prove any of it. Okay. And so he was more into the you can't prove any of it kind of a thing. And I come from, you, you know, this is what it is. Is someone did the word it, of God? Yeah, it's yeah, the word of God. All of that. And um, we actually ended up watching Religulous. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It is a Bill Maher uh, okay. documentary oh. about oh, yeah, yeah, religion. Yeah. And is I it mean, good? Um, it changed my life, to be completely honest really? with you. Yeah, because I I did not want to watch it for, for months. I was like, no, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. It's going to blaspheme the word of God. And I finally ended up watching it, and it was over. And then I just sat there. And I went to bed, and then I went from emotion, from like – shock to anger to then just sadness you know just so many feelings because it was my first time actually thinking what if there's more or less or something different than what has been handed to me since Mm. birth and that's where it became less about theory and more about experience for me as far as spirituality is concerned i love that i definitely relate to that as well yeah and i read the entire bible like cover Mm -hmm. to cover old testament you know uh two times in the New Testament, four times. And since then I've also read other, you know, spiritual literature, spiritual, um, amazing just things. And it has completely opened up my, my eyes and my mind and my heart and has really taken away the fear of other and yeah. And not just other, but me falling into a space of, okay, what, what's the right way of doing this, the right way of doing that? Living, a, a, for me, a limited life of, oh my God, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it up. And that was a place of fear. Well, it's and, like a, the sin. It's like we yes. go and, I mean, that's a big thing I have with Christianity is that I I don't really get the sin thing. I don't really, for me, yeah. it's just, I don't believe in it. So it's like, because I think for me, it was it's so, it's something so wonderful when you experience God, whatever that is mm-hmm, for you, mm-hmm. but... Um, it's so, it fills your heart. It fills your soul. And then, Mm -hmm. but then there's growing, I grew up Catholic. So there was always like, 
there's this beautiful thing, but there's this dark thing around the corner <laughs> that's going to take you down any minute. Yeah. Like, and that's how I, at least for me, that's how I felt about sin. And I was like, mm, that, that doesn't work for me. What's so interesting is that the word sin, uh, one of the translations from like way back before. Oh my God, that, you're so smart. I love you. <laughs> is ignorance. Sin ah. meaning ignorance. Ah. It's not, oh my God, you're, something bad. you're doing something bad and you're going to get punished if you don't fix it. Like immediately, why are you, you, you were born. You know, it's literally just something you don't know. And mm. if it's, and if that is the, because a lot of things get lost in translation and you have to understand yeah. like what exactly, when you say God, like what, do you mean a man in the sky mm-hmm. who has male parts attached to it like you know is it Mm -hmm. another smarter human being you Mm -hmm. know um who's just not really human so or is it all-encompassing is it you know like what exactly is the definition of god and so also knowing like sin what that means if it's just ignorance and we're here Mm -hmm. to learn and god is a loving being Mm -hmm. a loving presence um is that god for you i'm totally uh, interested in that god for me is an eternal loving unconditional loving presence mm-hmm. that permeates everything um, through me, through you, through us. It is my very breath. It is closer to me than anything. Like Jesus always said, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's so near to us at all times. There's access to everyone, everything, every being has access to this, mm. um, this, this eternal presence that is all loving and infinite intelligence that is all that is you know Mm -hmm. and whatever is birthed from god um that god molecule whatever it may be like Mm -hmm. that that is that's all of us you know and Mm -hmm. one of the things i've been thinking about too is that one might steal that because that's pretty much how i think yeah so but I say, what's well, everywhere, you know, so you're much more eloquent. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but it's, it's all good. It's just, um, we, I feel like many times we limit God and say, oh no, I've, I've got God and I just, I put it in this jar and everybody who drinks from this jar is, you know, mm-hmm. this is where it's at. Whereas it's like, well, God, God is in that jar, is that jar, is around that jar. It's, mm-hmm. it's everything. And so. I think that's just a good analogy of a lot of even churches do that even a lot of like certain i don't uh, like i know like certain i know one of my friends grew up in this one baptist church and they got married moved to a different town and happened to go to a different type of baptist church mm-hmm. and their parents again were like well that's not the same jar that our god is mm-hmm. and i'm like but uh, but you're both like baptists and like uh, and christian like i don't get it like it was yeah. to me it was just I just didn't get it. I, I still don't get it. But I think that's such a good analogy that people do look at it like, well, this is a jar we drink from. They've got the patent on God. <laughs> yeah. Like the pa- and I don't get it. I'm, I'm sorry, Denny. We're totally off your question. But well, actually, no, I'm not. I think because this is what you're talking about. I yeah. think you're, you actually hit on that. He's bringing up. He Really, the question he's asking is, I'm afraid of being in a relationship. What's going to do with my relationship with my spirituality, with, with God? One thing I say is that God knows your heart. And that's what brought me that's what gave me the permission mm-hmm. to say, you know what? I'm going to look for God outside the box. Other people did their homework. Mm-hmm. They, you know, wrote, they added to the Bible. They added to the Quran. They added to whatever, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual, you know, book that they have. Bhagavad Gita, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of it. And so they did their homework, which is amazing. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to also do my homework and not just say, you know, somebody pops up and says this is the way it is and whether it's your parents or whoever. And, um, 
Like, I will say one story about what you just said about the Baptist and the Baptist. Mm-hmm. I remember I went to camp when I was 13 and just had the most amazing, it was a Christian camp experience. And All my with- friends lost their virginity at Christian <laughs> camp. I'm not kidding. Oh, my God. They, it, I don't know. Your what gay friends or your straight friends? Yeah, it, it was, it, it, all my straight friends. They would, go to, they would go to the Baptist camp. Oh, my God. What was it called? My nephews went, and I told my brother, I said, you, they better be careful. So <gasps> many, they at least had first kiss, but people were like. Oh, yeah, stuff went down. I was, was so innocent. I mean, it's camp. But yeah. anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And oh, it's so funny. Um, for me, one of the things that happened was that I realized I wanted to get baptized. So I called mm-hmm. my mother and I said, Mommy, like, I want to I wanna get baptized. And they were doing it at this beautiful lake outside. Ugh. And I felt so called. And my mother said, um, no. She was like, no, you're, you're, you have to get baptized at our church where, you know what I mean? It was about being at that church. So I ended up mm. getting baptized at, cause I couldn't be like defy her and then go get baptized. Like that, that does not mm. work. doesn't make sense. Um, and so I ended up getting baptized with like my other friends at a Haitian church with this pastor who ended up getting, um, kicked out of, you know, his pastorhood because of a whole scandal. And, um, and it was this like little tiny little water thing. Like that was just dumped water. <laughs> Now I this beautiful lake. lake moving water that that like God, you know that what I God mean? Created. That's exactly yes. outside. And so I had to follow that tradition. So what I wanted to say to Denny is sometimes our, our souls know and we have to look beyond what appearances are. And it, he said or, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a she, he, whatever, um, you know, Denny, no, it's a he. OK, he said that he's attracted to Catholic girls. Is that what he said? He said like Cuban girls, which are normally because he lives yeah. outside oh, of Miami. Yeah, it's Florida. I mean, it's I Florida. Mean, yeah. And a lot of people are Catholic. And they're Catholic, especially, yeah. you know, that makes sense. You know, Haiti's Catholic, you know, the whole island thing. But uh-huh. anyway, um, you are attracted them, attracted to them for, for a reason. reason. I because love that that. that we cannot, and many people try to suppress. Because there's no coincidence. I don't believe in no, coincidence or accidental. No. Whether you believe that there's a plan for you, I don't necessarily believe that, but I do. I love what you said about like the connectedness of God mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like how it, it permeates everything. Absolutely. And that when I feel something, this is actually scientifically proven that like when I have an emotional shift or something, that it does affect mm-hmm. something in the universe. Yeah. And actually, scientists will tell you this that don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're researching a God particle, you know, yes. like it's, I'm not going to even act like I know all about that. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is though that I think he brings up to like, Denny, you're attracted to these people because of, well, I think because God probably wants you to be attracted to these people or they want you. To, I mean, I know, please, I know what it's like to be attracted to people <laughs> you don't want to be attracted to. I'm like, why can't I love why can't I just this love this cute little girl? Yes. Why can't I just love her? And I tried and tried and tried. And then like people, it sometimes weirds them out. But when I tell them like, well, are you gay? Because you know, you like, you like penis or whatever. And I'm like, no, actually I'm gay because experiencing the love of another man mm. actually brings, makes me feel closer to God. Yeah. That's actually wow. my definition of my sexuality. It brings me closer to God. It's also like Greek mythology. I think it's Greek where, uh, man and man getting together mm-hmm. is oh. getting closer to God than like man and women, which I don't which believe is, that. I know. But, I know, but it's just interesting. But yes. Yeah. It, it's like, because I think when you love someone yeah. and they love you back and you create this love, I think that relationship does bring you closer to what, Whatever your God is. Well, my question with all that is when you die and I die, I mean, am I going to take a vagina up with me to the heavens? You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never are heard you anyone that? put it that way. That's what I like. You know what I mean? The, like how much you weigh after, I mean, not eating all that stuff, you know, and then uh-huh. when you die, you pretty much weigh the same amount. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that part of you that is animating you, that brings life in you, like is gone. It's gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. So 
clearly you're not taking your body with you and it's not about the flesh. So it's about love. And that's why we get so caught up in appearances and Mm -hmm. the flesh when people look like, and then, well, you should be this way and you should be that way because society says so versus really, you know, with Denny, I would just really say to really sit with your soul and ask your Mm -hmm. soul, what does my, what do you want? What does my soul want? Mm -hmm. Um, who do I think God is? You know, what is my personal relationship with my spirituality, with my religion, with, you know, is it that I'm more fearful of letting other people down? Or is it that, you know, because they're, we're attracted to jobs, we're attracted to careers, we're attracted to an apartment or a house mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. And it's the same thing with people. There's something beyond our understanding. Yes. And to be able to start learning now without letting fear get in the way of, following through on on a hunch and intuition and seeing it through and seeing what happens can be a very powerful thing and just be a scientist of your life mm-hmm. you know oh, I love um, that. yeah that's something i say for sure i have to be i have to do the work i have to say oh Sharon, okay this worked this didn't work and not beat myself up about it you but should really host this show good lord <laughs> but really loving myself being gentle with myself which only is going to make me love other people more be more gentle with them more mm-hmm. understanding and be a scientist and responsible and the captain of my own ship and at the same time being connected to source, which you can say is God or Jesus mm-hmm. or Buddha or whoever it is mm-hmm. that you'd like to, to you know, whatever makes you feel Yeah, whatever best. makes you feel connected. Yeah, connected. I love that. I love that. We're gonna, we can talk about this forever, <laughs> um, but we're going to move on. Um, I'm, I'm going to s- skip the number. Well, yeah, I'm going to skip the second question because I feel like we're going to talk a lot and uh, other <laughs> stuff, and I don't want to um, – but it's interesting. The question is, and I'm going to get this to this later um, uh, in the show, but I, on a different show. But I feel like we answered it. Somebody just sent asked me, "What do you think the biggest mistake is that people make in their life?" Um, I want to say, listen to that question. Listen to the answer that we just said about mm-hmm. not listening to yourself and not feeling connected. And I want to say that for another show because this next question, this intrigued me because sometimes I feel like people ask questions and they're not really asking. It's not about the question, but. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'll just say it. And can I just say real quick, just to answer that real quick in the like, sentence? Yeah, please. The biggest mistake is not finding out who you are, not knowing yourself, and then not following through and becoming more of who you are. That's what I would say is the biggest mistake. Sharon Pierre Louis drops mic. <laughs> drops mic. Boom. There you go. Yeah, great. So and that's from Kyrian. I K E E R I A Kyrian? Kyrian. Kyrian. That's a cool name. That's a really cool name. So yeah, there you go. Um, all right. This question is from Nate, age 51. Uh, dear Maddie, I don't think, I don't know who to ask this, uh, but basically how do I look at porn without getting so many viruses on my computer? <laughs> That's the question. Uh-huh. Um, I don't make this shit up people. Um, <laughs> it seems like no matter what, it freezes up and my wife keeps asking what is happening with the computer. And I keep telling her that her son is probably surfing porn. I'd like to avoid all this. I would buy it, but my wife would see it on the credit card statement. I'm hoping one of your friends are good at IT and stuff. This is from Nate. Interesting, Nate. Nate, I'm, first of all, nothing is, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with partaking in porn and stuff. I do have a problem with a lot of times how people that are in porn are treated. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different thing. Um, And so then it's like, yeah, you watch porn, but then people are being treated really terrible. Mm -hmm. It's like a consumer, consumer um, advocacy kind of a thing. That's Mm -hmm. a whole different thing. And I'm not going to talk about that. But what intrigues me is a little bit is that um, 
Nate, I wonder kind of what your relationship with your wife's like. Because you're looking at porn and you're not wanting to tell your wife about it. And it sounds like, maybe you haven't, maybe this is a new marriage, but if you have a teenage son, you've been married for a while. So it's you're not talking about this and you're blaming it on your son. Like there's just, you're kind of being a jerk. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Did that, did those things stick out for you a little uh, bit? What's sticking out to me is, uh, responsibility and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and an dare adult. I say addiction. I mean, no, yes. You know, yeah, that's because, true. Cause people get addicted because to if there is not an addiction that's there, then, you know, there wouldn't have to be a lie to the wife. There wouldn't have to be a blaming to the oh, son. Look there at you. Have to... You're a better therapist than me. <laughs> Good. To... I should have known that. <laughs> There's no comparing here. Um, um, but that, no, that's very true. Yeah. Though, when someone is addicted to something, there's there's a lot of shame in it. There's it sounds shame, like you yes. have shame with yes. this name. Um, basically, to answer your question, you're just going to have to buy porn if you don't want viruses. So whatever, there's that moving on to this. Though. But yeah, thing, there's yeah. a, yeah, there's a lot of shame in this. Yeah. And it makes sense. Okay. I have to look at the viruses because you know, for me, it's like, what does that represent? The viruses that keep coming up every time you're doing it. And it's only oh my collecting, God, I love you. you know, you come back every week. <laughs> no, it's true. Like what's yeah. coming up in his yeah. life. It's, it's like a sickness. It's vi- It's just this thing that is literally congesting. Like the more and more the viruses come, the more and more the lies come. Yeah. The more Cause and you more. know it like, um, I recently just got one, I don't think from looking, I got it on my work computer, so it's not from porn people, but it was like a Google Chrome extension, but I haven't had this because I have a Mac, but it would pop up and it would just like, it was the thing where like one, like a million things would pop up at once and I'm like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And it literally congests your computer until it fails. Yeah. I think yeah. that's such a good analogy for just, I just, mainly too, like I just, maybe some people don't see this, but I'm like, Really, you're blaming it on your son? Yeah. So now your wife is worried about what her son is doing, looking at porn. Yeah. Or I don't know how old your son is. Mm-hmm. I, I just, again, the responsibility, there's just not like. Just owning. And this is the thing, too, when I guess sometimes we could be attracted to things and yet not follow through on them. And mm-hmm. then it becomes a shameful thing that we hide inside that we, you know, then, but it festers, it seeps out. It can't yeah. help but seep out. Mm-hmm. I would really find out more than the viruses and like how to avoid getting caught. Um, just your, your, your come from with all of this. Like what is your, where are you coming from? And before you go to that porn, I mean, this is probably going to sound kind of weird, but um, what is, repeatedly sending you there like yeah clearly sexual whatever you know what i mean but, but, also, but also like a trick but what is a trigger exactly. and so it's looking at what triggers you to do something so and i mean that in like what triggers us to eat well it's supposed to yeah. be we become hunger hungry we experience hunger and we eat mm-hmm. well that's not what we do now as a culture because we've been conditioned of when we're emotional we're sad or mm-hmm. when we're happy i'm actually a happy eater mm-hmm. you would think i would do that because i'm happy a lot so i wish i wasn't <laughs> But I'm like, oh, this, this is a great podcast. What's here? I'm gonna go have a burger and a beer. <laughs> Where if I'm depressed, I'm like, not. I'm like, I'll eat this salad and be fine. So, um, yeah. What? So Nate, it's like, what are you doing? Like, literally, think about like, what time of day do you normally look at porn? Mm-hmm. Like, so is there something before that that triggers you, or maybe when you think about porn, is there something before that? And again, I, I, I mean, this. I really, for me, from my perspective, I think that porn can be fine. Mm-hmm. I think experimenting sexually can be fine when, especially if you're in a marriage, 
this could be a, a moment of connection with your wife. Mm-hmm. Like really talk to her about this. And maybe you won't even need the porn Mm-hmm. After you talk, because I'm imagining that your sex life probably isn't that great. So if you talk about this and maybe you even, I know couples that they watch porn together and mm-hmm. they talk about this or they, you know, and it brings them so much closer yeah. together because maybe they don't even agree on that. But who in your life are you able to talk about that kind of stuff with and know you're not going to be judged? Because mm-hmm. That's what makes me actually a little sad about this question is I feel like Nate. I feel like you're really scared of being judged. You're being judged by mm-hmm. your wife. You're probably scared about being judged by your son. You know, you don't want to put it even on a credit card. It's mm-hmm. just, it makes me sad for you. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said, Matt, about uh, getting closer with his wife. Cause for me, this is about intimacy as well. Mm-hmm. And looking at other places in your life where you're intimate, where you're really present, where you're really with that person. And and honest, you and know, honest. and really being who you are. It yeah. also sounds like you're hiding. There's a part of you that probably wants to express itself and it's finding porn in some way to mm-hmm. then escape from maybe even expressing that part of yourself mm-hmm. and just distract you enough to then, oh, sh- you know, crap. Like, yeah. This and, is, yeah. And take the shame away that it's porn exactly. because honestly, people do this with Facebook. They exactly. do this with their phones. Exactly. They do this. With food, mm-hmm. with, tele- with sports, whatever, with alcohol. exercise even. With exercise, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I think we're addictive people anyway. I think almost everybody, every human – I really do think almost everybody human has some type of like addiction, but it's like what are we – like I'm truly – one of the things I'm addicted to is connecting with people and getting people to – open up and talk about the truth. I am. I mean, like even now as we're talking, we're having this great conversation. I can feel like my endorphins are going. Like my heart is probably beating a little faster than normal because I'm excited and I'm, I'm in it. And I know what that that's. And I know from studying addiction, I worked with the crystal meth uh, addiction group for a year. My first year of, um, interning with, um, uh, my master's. And luckily I've never had like a addiction to a drug or porn or anything like that. But, uh, but I do know that feeling of that endorphin rush. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like looking at when else does, again, for Nate, like when else does that happen in your life? Maybe you are on your phone all the time. And because I know people that are addicted to medit- that love meditation get that same type of rush mm-hmm. or prayer, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's that's okay to have. So I, I guess I'm trying to um, to tease out the difference of it, it's it's okay to search for that experience of mm-hmm. being th- of being thrilled by life, mm-hmm. but let's try to find a more honest way mm. to be thrilled by life. Oh, that's beautiful. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, where you want to channel it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so all right, Nate. I don't know if we. Sorry, you just you're gonna have to buy it if you want it without the <laughs> virus. Sorry about that. So. All right. Well, um, okay. So now we're on to, um, we've kind of talked to this a little bit, but we're on to celebrity shit the bed. So, but really whatever you want to talk about. So like what it's like on your mind this week, what's on my mind, on your mind this week that you would want to talk about, you know, it is the power of collaboration Mm -hmm. and working with people, being with people, connecting with people. Um, I was brought up to not trust anybody and that the world was against me and to be careful and watch my back. (laughs) Really? Yes. Yes. I remember my very first day of kindergarten. My, I was going to this new school and my mom, I remember looking up at her right by the kitchen in between the living room. And she said, you know, you're going to school. I give you no friends. It's all in Creole. She's like, I give you no friends. She goes, you only have one friend and that's God. 
and oh, wow. yeah and then and then she was wow. like after, yeah and she was like after god it's your mom and it's your dad and um and i'm like well what about my sister she's like okay and then your sister i'm like what about my brother? she's like okay stop you're like you have like you're gonna go there and you're just there to work you're just there to learn and that's it and i didn't realize how much that affected me wow until i mean i'm an actress like what i do is collaborate with you people like things. i have to i can't just walk into a job you have like to have this a is, script writer you have to have somebody to hold the camera yeah, the light yeah everything we have the writers we have the you know everybody and then we have my partner in the acting you know like like mm-hmm. whoever i'm in the scene with i have to see what i'm saying if it's landing on them and then i have mm-hmm. to be affected by them like there's just so much that goes into that and recently a friend of mine and I got a mastermind group of women together and the amazing energy that comes from people coming together with a common goal of let's really explore our potential and live up to our highest potential and see the possibility and making it into a probability and then into a certainty. Mm. And let's do this together. And it reminds me of the African proverb of, you know, um, like alone, you can get there fast, but together we go even further, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's been this biggest, one of the biggest things on my mind of just the gratitude I felt. And it's interesting because we talk about, if you want to throw religion into it or spirituality of like unseen forces or angels or mm-hmm. God who is just so loving and also supporting us and helping us out the universe. And so we have it in a way where it's invisible, you know, to, mm-hmm. to our, you know, physical eyes, but but we also have earth angels and like other, you know, we have mm-hmm. each other as well. There's a reason why you're in front of my face. There's a reason mm-hmm. why we're all here. There's a reason mm-hmm. why those, those people are my neighbors and why I work with these coworkers and we're here to have an experience together. And when I, when I die, you know, I'm not going to remember like, Oh, that time I went to work and I made all that money. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. be about the people and how we affected one another, the fun that we had, mm-hmm. something that was said that was hilarious. And, you know, what we went through together. And so for me, especially going to Haiti, I remember I was trying to buy some art on the street. And I mean, you know, the hustle is real in Haiti. You know, like yeah, people are the people are like, hey, you know, they're trying to like feed their families and themselves and whatever else that they have that they want to do. And one like they would follow me with their art. They would try to get my attention and it got to the point where I was like, you guys just let me look and almost don't even talk to me so I can just be in peace and let it affect me because they would mm-hmm. try to grab my attention. And at one point I told this guy I would go back and buy from him and buying from another guy. He came over and was like, you said you're going to buy from me. And I was like, I did say that. And so I went over to him and, um, then the other guy that I just bought from tried to like sell me something else. The other guy who then the first one was like, you're going to buy something from me. And I said, yes, that was about to buy from started arguing with the guy that I just you know, previously bought from and they just really got into it with each other. And I had to say like, you guys there, first of all, we were all brothers and sisters here, you know, cause we were thinking it's about the money and the price, mm-hmm. but no, it's about the transaction um, of our relationship with one mm-hmm. another. Like just the art and the stuff, the matter, it's just there as an excuse for us to have an experience with one yeah. another. It's like we say, let's go have a drink. Yeah. You're really just there to talk. Yeah. It's not about hopefully just the drinking. Hopefully. <laughs> Some, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, it depends. I mean, yeah. But yeah, but it's also about really connecting with another human being, even if I'm at, you know, a grocery store and it's like the excuse is that I have to buy something. But mm-hmm. really what's happening is that I'm with another human being mm-hmm. and something is happening, mm-hmm. you know? So I've really been thinking a lot about that. Did that help when you said that to them? Did I? Oh, yeah. Because their faces. Um, when I said that to them and I said, you guys are brothers and like we're all brothers and sisters. And I said, 
that and you're saying this to them in, in, in Creole, Creole. In yeah. Creole. Yeah, yeah yeah you know and it was so it's just, not an outsider it's somebody who, oh yeah them. that's why that's why I loved being in Haiti too because it, it was me being so much more around my people you know mm-hmm. but in a way that I have not been before and mm-hmm. I understand so much more where my parents are coming from mm-hmm. I mean it's just so it's so deep um but that's to me, another reason why Haiti, you know, it's like a third world country. And, Mm -hmm. but if people really worked together, I mean, we literally worked together and had a slave revolt and completely took over an Island. And Napoleon came after us and had to like retreat. Like that's how powerful we were. Like the most powerful dictator at the time. Yeah. And he had, he was like, I'm done, you know? Uh And so with that being said, it's, if we can get that fire again, but through love, I think maybe through like, I, you know, not wanting to be in that situation, mm-hmm. we all had a common goal and we're able to come together. Mm-hmm. But if we can come together in the name of love and knowing that if I win, you win, if you win, I win, just all of that reciprocity that comes in mm-hmm. together, that can take us that much further, you know, and mm-hmm. even with the trash, you know, that's mm-hmm. where we can get smarter. You know, even with the mastermind group, when and Jesus says to where, you know, two or more gathered in my name, then I am there. Mm. You know, other Napoleon Hill talks about the third mind when two people come together or a group comes together. You know, you have that mind and that mind, but then there's a third mind that comes together mm-hmm. as well. And so just the power of exactly. coming together. Um, and I feel like we are all one. We're all connected and um, together we're all whole. So to separate myself from you is is pointless because I'm literally just ignoring a part of myself yeah and so i'm not operating with all of who i am yeah so i've really been you know just marinating and in that good lord you are deep i love it you (laughs) you are wonderful i just love this you're wonderful thank you for this opportunity uh, yeah (laughs) well well now we're on to um chatty maddie questions all righty all right so quick and easy so um well, they don't have to be quick. You always like to want. Um, all right. The first question. What is your most memorable childhood smell or favorite childhood smell? Hmm. It's okay. Take your time. Think yeah. about it. I, have, I feel like I have three of them. Well, okay. One of them is, I don't know why. There's this perfume my first grade teacher, Miss Coulter, wore mm-hmm. that when I smell it, it takes me right back to that classroom. So that's Well, first one. grade such a good grade usually. Yeah. It's like your, it's your because kindergarten you realize you're in like light school yeah you're kind of like it's probably probably but you know first grade you're doing stuff yeah. you're learning to write and yeah and it's like your second year you know so you're kind of so like, like okay i'm get this school is newer. Get yeah, to, yeah it's not as new so yeah I do remember, you know what perfume it was i have no idea oh, okay but when i there are moments when somebody else has that smell and it just i'm like <gasps> you know it just takes me uh, back to elementary school the other one is jello <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> I discovered Jello uh, in, in while well, I was in school, and actually when mm. I was in preschool, Pee Wee Patch uh, preschool, actually, Aww. and um, and I just I remember I just loved Jello. It was just oh my god, we've been all my life. And um, the third one is my mother's. It's like this. It's called Razak lotion, and mm-hmm. but it also is like a power punch of perfume smell that hits your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like. <laughs> So strong, and she like sold it in the Haitian community. Other people sold it in the Haitian community. Does it's, she still use it to this day? Um, not really, thank goodness, because she would get in the car and we'd all like be going to church, and it would be like, "Oh my god, mom!" <laughs> and I'm like, "I've got asthma." My dad's like, "Turn, put the windows down." <laughs> 
And yet she felt like, what's the problem? And it's like, you just literally bathed yourself in a perfumed lotion. Ah. That was like $5. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a big bottle too. It was this big white bottle. What's it called? Uh, I think it's Razak. R-A-Z-A-C. I think. Doesn't even sound pretty. I know. Razak. Razak. All right. (laughs) That's that's great. I love that. Okay. Um, Question number two. uh, What would be the title of your memoir? The title of my memoir? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're asking right now. Dear Maddie Show. Hmm. I know. This usually is the one where people have to think, and then I have to feel like I feel. I need a fill time. We can sit Yeah. A part of me wants to say share on. Oh, I love that. Because I feel like my life and I'll. I'll I get it, Sharon. Share on. Exactly. I I feel like I Mm. was meant to share it. And, um. And my name did come, my, my father, since I, was, since I was the first child born in America, um, was going to call me either Susan, they had to have an American name, or after him, like Wilma or whatever. And um, But he went to this place called Winn-Dixie. It's like John. Oh, Winn-Dixie. You know yeah. Winn-Dixie? Oh, yeah. I grew up, they're the beef people. <laughs> yes, Winn-Dixie. Low <laughs> prices. <laughs> no. Yes, we had my grandma that went to Winn- <laughs> Matthew, go to Winn-Dixie and get me some Dr. Pepper, please. That's what... That's, we had it forever. They're the beef yes, people. They're, yes. they're the commercial where's the beef. Oh my God, yes. It, and really yeah, there's popular. there's like Publix is like more like, ooh, Publix. But then oh, you have, Publix is nice too. Yeah, I like Publix. but then you've got Windix. So yeah, so the cashier had a tag that said Sharon on it. And he said he looked at that name tag and said, Sharon, Sharon. He's like, that'll be the name of my daughter. So I was named after wow. a Winn-Dixie cashier employee. And I'm so thankful to her for coming to work that day because my name would have been something else. Because the other names I, I'm just not into. Yeah. Um, and um, and I feel like it was no uh, mis- like uh, coincidence. I feel like I am here to share. to share and pass it on and pay it forward and... My friend Tia Reese is going to listen to this episode and she's going to love, she's going to be like, I need to meet that girl. <laughs> I forget what episode Tia was on, but we talked to like, she's a meditation and a uh, Reiki. Really? Yeah. If you ever wanted to meet her, she's great. Anyway, we, if you ever think, listen to that podcast, she talks a lot about meditation and new ways to think about meditation. I will. That people don't think of. Yeah. Great, 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 great woman. She's like one of my besties. I'm okay. I'm going to check it out. Um, I love that. Share on. Okay. <laughs> um, chatting about a question number three. Uh, what would be your groundhog day in your of your past? Meaning what's, what's the day you've experienced that you could could be your groundhog day? It happens over and over. Oh, like when, what day would I want to happen over and yes, over again? Yes, I'm sorry. Ooh, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, that you've had, that you experienced before. That I've experienced so before. Like, like, you know, like one person said, oh, I know I should say when my kid was born, but that was really stressful. He's like, but my <laughs> wedding day was awesome. I would do that day every day. Oh, my gosh. I know, well, we ask hard questions of the Dear Maddie show. Mm-hmm. They get you to think sometimes. We'll say. It's, I, I, this is a new one. We had another set. We just kind of switched out the questions yeah. for this second season. Something I would do. Take your time. Yeah. The one thing that's popping up and I'm like, oh, I'm just so by myself in this is I was in Costa Rica not too long ago and went zip lining. Oh, wow. And at one point we did something called the Superman where, you know, our arms were crossed um, mm-hmm. across our chest and then we had our feet tied behind us and they just sent us over and high in the air. And you I felt could like see, you're flying. It's like I was flying and I saw the land and like the cows underneath and it was just so beautiful and serene oh. and it was out in the jungle and it was just, um, 
it was just so beautiful and peaceful. Like I would mm. definitely love to do that. But I'm sure after like doing that over and over, I'd be like, oh my God, like put me to a dance party. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will say maybe, maybe the, if I get another one, it would be when I was in Haiti with my friends, we had dinner and then afterwards uh, they were playing music and we just danced. I mean, we danced like our lives depended on it. Mm. I mean, we were sweat. I mean, that Haitian heat. So we yeah, were sweating in this other country where my like ancestors are from. I had my friends there and... Oh. We just danced like we meant it. And I have a friend of mine who's always like, well, when I dance, you know, you guys are so good. You know, he's like this. And I was, and I love how we did. I mean, he danced like a nerd, but I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it. I love people expressing themselves through their bodies. Yeah, dances. And he just went in. <laughs> he went in on that dance floor. Nobody, nobody uh, held back. And so I definitely go back to that day over and over And thank again. God he did because he helped create that, that like kind of, again, like the third mind experience. Yeah. Like, like, uh, I love that. Mm-hmm. God, you're just so much more interesting than me. All right. No, no. 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 I can be. All right. You are interesting. Very interesting. Chatting about question number four. When are you most inspired? When am I most inspired? Hmm. I have to say, maybe I should think a little bit more about this. That you can think as much as you want. As much as I want? As one, yeah. Whatever. We can sit it for an hour. I can oh my edit God. It. Okay. I can take it out. <laughs> put it in. Leave it. Mm. Yeah, when there's, you know what our teacher said? Because Colleen, I had Colleen on yeah. my podcast, and she gets um, Colleen Smith with Groundlings. I just saw her at an audition, commercial audition. No actually, way. she has bangs. They're so cute. She does. She Colleen. has bangs. Colleen. Um, <laughs> I love that woman. And um, did you? You did the second. How many? Did you go through the whole program of Groundlings? No, I only went. Okay, so I went to the next level, and then I booked a then you, show. Then you did what everybody <laughs> wants to do. You're like, I don't need the Groundlings now. But I, oh my God, but I want to go back. But I did just kind of sign up for UCB too. So, you oh, know, UCB's, for the first time, yeah. I want to do all of them. My yeah. friend, uh, Lindsay Leffler, runs the classes there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pregnant lady, runs all the classes. You probably emailed with her. No, I just, oh. I literally, I literally just started. I'm going to oh, see pro- what, I mean, not started, but I mean like. Um, oh, you'll probably get an email from her. Lindsay Leffler, Matt, Dear Maddie Show number one, best Okay. Day. Anyway. Really? Wait, yeah. you said your besties over at UCB? Yeah, she does. Um, if you got into UCB, I could see you. We should talk about this later off the air, but I could see um, <laughs> they do the Quick and Funny Musicals. Yeah. And she's a director of that. And she's the one that, she started that. She runs that company. Oh. You could be great for those shows. Oh my God. I have got to see one of those shows. I've seen I'll let you know next time I go. We'll yes, go. please. Yeah. Oh, it's usually on Friday night. Sorry, we're not talking. So, um, what was the question? Oh, when are you most inspired? When am I most inspired? Oh, Colleen. Colleen said her answer to this was movie trailers. And I said, mm. why movie? She said, because when I watch a movie trailer, that's when I just am excited about the possibilities of what can happen. Oh, I love that. I know. I'm like, oh, sorry. So your answer's got to be better than that. Oh, no, my kidding. God. Oh, my God. It has to be so good. Like, when do you feel like you're just like, like when you said connected earlier, when do you feel like you're just feeling that feeling of the permeation of God? I will say through song. Oh, yeah. Um, before I said with the opera singing, like I mm-hmm. just did not like really, I was like, that's not a part of me. And then mm-hmm. the past few years, I, I've been singing more. Mm-hmm. And when I literally, and you know how it feels to open up your mouth. You I mean, you have to be so open. You have to yeah. breathe deeply and then power comes out. Yeah. Um, it feels like my soul is crying mm-hmm. out. And for me, that's when I feel very, very much inspired. Hmm. Yeah. I feel, I almost feel like I feel my soul and oh, I feel alive. That's when I connected in church is when we sang. Yeah. So speaking, I'd go, huh? And then when we sang, that's when I would feel the lightness. Yeah. That's when I would feel, 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And other people singing, too, or just being in a space where everybody's chanting, yeah. singing, yeah, anything. Sure. Yeah, that just inspires me to the point where it's just, it's beyond us, you know. And yeah. I have to say, we went to Linwood, uh, a prison uh, where women were incarcerated, and mm-hmm. we had jazz music playing, I sang. It was this amazing... Who's we? Um, uh, uh, Street Symphony. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they go into prisons and they perform. Oh, and that's awesome. It's an amazing experience. And uh, it's like we were all just one, <laughs> you know, oh, in wow. that room, uh-huh. just enjoying that music, being mm-hmm. that music, and no words really needed. Mm-hmm. And everybody was so, in, there was an energy movement in the room, mm-hmm. and, and people can take away with them. They can have their own experience, but also share. In that experience. Yeah, I think that's why Johnny Cash's Folsom City or Folsom Prison was such a phenomenal album. Mm. Was because of his music, obviously, but also too because he was going to this really hardened these hardened men and he spoke to them. And mm-hmm. he, or he sang to them, mm-hmm. but it spoke to them. Yes. And it was an energy yeah. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you for five hours. <laughs> okay. Uh last chatting minute question. What's the best piece of oops, sorry, I hit the mic, folks. Look at that. What's the best piece of advice that you wish you would have taken that you were given? That I wish I would have taken that I was given. Yeah, somebody gave you this great advice and you're like, ah. Best. Do your own work. Mm. Uh, that comes from... Which you do now. Yeah. You do now. Yeah. Like, uh, what is it that I'm here to say? Mm-hmm. And through what medium? And as an artist, what am I here to say? Mm-hmm. And then go out there and say it, you know, mm-hmm. and not wait for somebody else to give me permission to go mm-hmm. out there and say their words, you know? Yeah. Which is also good too, you yeah, know, yeah, support, yeah. but also what am I here to say as an artist? We do. We, a lot of times we always, we do, we always want to ask for permission for stuff in life. Mm-hmm. And that just hit me when you said that. I just realized, oh, that's a big thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Always wanting permission to whatever. Yeah. Waiting for that. Yeah. Working for that permission <laughs> yeah working for that permission yeah oh, man that all oh, that makes oh yeah i feel that in my chest just because mm. i know that we do that yeah wow well that's it that's the show you're Yay! lovely you're lovely you're amazing oh, this gosh. is fun it's, so easy oh, talking thanks. to you great oh, questions thank you i tried now tell everybody where they can find all things sharon pierre louis Ooh. well i'm i'm currently working on my website <laughs> oh, okay so, great uh, so we're not sure about that do you tweet, one tweet, Instagram, any of I that? I do, actually, at Shea P. Lou, uh, S-H-A-P as in Peter, I-E-L-O-U, because my name okay. is Sharon Pierre-Louis, so it's just the first three of all the three. Okay, great. Um, and so that's my Twitter, that's my Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook, and, just my name, Sharon Pierre-Louis, and with then the we'll, um, And then we'll, um, if you follow her on those, when your website's up, then you put... Put it up, and you can also find you. I mean, sure, you can watch Switch to Birth at on Hulu, ABCFamily.com. on Netflix as well. Netflix. Oh, great, great, great. Yeah, they, they don't have the up. second half of the season yet of season four, but they do have the first one. So you can catch up, and then when would you start filming? Well, we're still waiting to hear if season five is going to get picked up. So, and when did it did, did it normally air in the fall? Yeah, we aired They're in different January, with some of those cable and things. then yeah, it was like January when we first aired the first. Um, Half of the fourth uh-huh. season, and then it was no, we're not in October yet. <laughs> September, no, September. Then it was this month. Maybe you'll be a season regular. That's what I hope. Oh my gosh, let's throw that, that out you. there. Throw that oh out my there. gosh, I want you on yes, every please. Episode. I will receive that. 
and I will give back. It's such a fun character too, because it's so. Again, a reason why you're not, a, why I know you're a good actress is that you're not that person in real life. <laughs> because when you know, because you're like, when you see somebody, you're like, oh, they're really good. Like, that's not sharing at all. Like, you're so together in your real life. And you're such a nerd. I'm like, you're just. <laughs> Anyway, it's a great show. You're so it's a great sweet. show. You're, You're so, so talented. You just made my day. Thank well, you. Well, it's hashtag the truth. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. So, you know the drill. Go to DearMaddieShow.com. Send me your questions. Send me your questions. Send me your questions. You can also go to, um, uh, you can go to uh, any social media at the Matt Mar. Um, that's Instagram and things like that. Um, you can also, if you're in the LA area, you're interested in uh, the, the acting classes that I'm doing for actors that I mentioned on the show before. You can read about that at dearmattyshow.com slash classes. Um, and you can also, if you're interested, you can get like fifty dollars off if you um, sign up for class. If you do Matt Ref M A T T R E F, you get a little discount code. So. Ooh. I'm starting to have so much stuff to promote. It's weird. So um, <laughs> usually I'm like, ah, I want to go play with Sophie. Well, now, you're so. creative beings. So, I'm trying you know, to be things are coming through. That's mama's fun. trying. Mama's trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to help people just love their lives because yes. there's no reason not to. So yes. thank you. all. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yes. And thank God for the groundlings. That was not a coincidence. I know. Was a, um, like um, there's just people in that class. I'm like, oh, they, they have a piece of my heart with them all the time. And you're one of them. And, um, and yes, so, and, uh, yeah, everybody, so we'll see you next week. Try to do something kind for someone this week, and I'll, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.